0: Oh my days, welcome back to episode 12 of Tom's Takes. This is me, Tom Patterson. Uh, Thanks for being here. Thanks for tuning in. How are you all going? Uh, I hope you've been well. I'm doing very well myself. I'll I'll give you more of an insight into how my week's been going. Maybe in, in a future episode I can just include a few more stories, but uh, I've been very excited this week. I've been looking forward to today because it's the first special guest on the podcast. My my good friend from university, Miguel, um, he's an exercise physiologist, but also super into um, UFC, MMA, like mixed martial arts and boxing, all those sort of fighting type of sports. And I'm across those two to a certain extent, but I'm, I'm really excited to have him on and to... Uh, yeah, talk that sort of stuff, talk shop a little bit about fighting and MMA and to learn um, a few things from him as well. So yeah, really excited for this. He's the first guest on this podcast. So that's really exciting and very brave, courageous of him uh, stepping up at short notice and um, yeah, sending me through a, a, a message and comfortable with coming on the show. Uh, yeah, he, he did a great job. Uh, I hope you guys like it. It seemed like a really... Uh, free-flowing type of conversation. There's no takes, there's no edits in it. So yeah, hope you enjoy. Um, Yeah. Let me know your feedback and let me know if you guys, uh, if anyone out there wants to come on and be a, the next special guest of the podcast. um, Very happy for it. Um, Yeah. Would love that. Um, Again, appreciate Miguel a lot. He did a great job today. Learned a lot from him. Hope you guys find it interesting. Uh, Here's our conversation about MMA, fighting, and UFC. Hope you enjoy. Alrighty, welcome everybody. Welcome back to Tom's Takes. Uh, I've got a special guest here with me today. We've got uh, Miguel, um, so I'll let him introduce him- himself now. Uh, Miguel. Uh,
1: yeah, thanks Tom for having me. i um... How, how should I introduce myself? Um, my name, like, like you mentioned, my name oh, is the, Miguel.
0: Like, We've both uh, graduated uni now, but it's like we're back at uni and like the, the teacher asks you, give us like the one crazy fact or <laughs> oh, <laughs> stand yeah. up in front of everyone. Uh, <laughs> do you remember those cringe things?
1: Oh, like the icebreak. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you've <laughs> had your, your your fair share of them, Tom, as well, exactly. or, on both sides of the fence now, being I'm your trying, tutor.
0: Exactly. I'm trying to do less of those because I remember how painful they were. As a student. Uh,
1: okay. so I, I'll just Give me a second. I'll go, I'll go back. I'll I rewind. Said, um, um, <laughs> yeah, so like you mentioned, and uh, my name is Miguel. Um, how, how how do we know each other, I guess? Yeah, um, yeah you know, we went through uni together. I'm sorry, I'm an accredited exercise physiologist. I've uh, been working for the past three, four years. Yeah. Uh, so me and Tom went through uni together for the first year at least. Then he moved on to physio, but we still sort of kept in touch because the campus was really small. Yeah,
0: um, that was like the benefit about having moved to main campus now. It's just like we missed the Lidcomb old sort of high school feel about how uh, like you could make proper friends. And- yeah. Yeah, that was the best part
1: of it. Oh, that, the schnitty roll yeah, and exactly. the uh, the old schnitty roll plus, like, chips and gravy combo are exactly. oh, so good.
0: Parv and I are always, like, reminiscing about, oh, remember at the JDV they would do this and this. It's like I would eat wedges every day because
1: I I forgot, you were, like, the president of the Cumberland Student Guild yeah, at one point, right? Uh, my partner, my girlfriend Parv, she was the top <laughs> dog and then,
0: like, uh, like any good boyfriend underneath is, like, <laughs> the, the secretary or the director or the, vi- the VP, so... Yeah, we ran, we ran the uni. It was uh, good. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> and yeah, so what? So we just had a lot of mutual friends. Yeah. Um, fun fact, I guess, you actually went to primary school with my partner, Cass.
0: Yeah, small world. Small world going to the same uni together, but then, yeah, knowing mm-hmm. your girlfriend, Cass, at Matthew Pierce Primary and doing... Yeah, primary school with her, and then Mm. meeting you guys again, reuniting at university. Yeah. Could, like, almost be a health professional uh, double date sort of thing. Yeah. Physio, OT, and then with you guys, Cass, Speech Pathology, and MIGS's EP gotta start our own private practice someday oh maybe you know what you, we joke about
1: that but you don't know five ten years down the track what might happen
0: exactly um <laughs> look at out, out
1: cpa right look out oh, yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then what um i think because yeah, yeah. i didn't actually realize i hadn't been following you on instagram all this time for sure so like i feel like i was just knowing about you through parv's stories and her posts yeah. and stuff um because as you do like you know during uni and as you start full-time work you sort of I guess, lose touch for sure and stuff. And I guess the past two years as well, three years, it's been even harder to keep in contact with people. Crazy world. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like saw what a couple of weeks ago, part posted that Instagram story of your podcast. Um, I love listening to podcasts on my drive to work. Same. I'm always listening to podcasts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Massive. Uh, it's very humbling for other people to choose me to, on their drive right now. I, I thank you for it. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was awesome for you to hit me up and to, yeah, to reconnect and get you on the podcast and especially because you're into sport but in a little bit of a different way than I am like Mm. more so the the UFC and boxing type of thing which (laughs) I do know about but um I'm very keen for you to be on today because uh there's lots of topics that I think we'll get into that's like, I'll be learning a lot from you and you'll be more of the master from it. So oh, <laughs> it'd be good
1: I wouldn't say that. Um, yeah. So like when I started listening to your podcast, I have no knowledge of, yeah, NBA, NFL hockey, but like I mentioned before we were talking earlier, I just love listening to people who are really like passionate about stuff. For sure. Um, and like, yeah, as the weeks go by, like I was saying, I've been picking up like, you know, little names, like little teams. Yeah, yeah what my clients are talking to each other about NBA it's starting to make a bit of sense sort of (laughs) thing. So, you know, hopefully at the end of, hopefully I sort of know what's happening. Maybe not, maybe, maybe not. Um, yeah by, by next basketball series next finals there we'll, for sure yeah i may or may not buy a basketball jersey next year or, we'll see. We'll get
0: like the classic lebron lakers jersey oh uh, yeah for sure
1: yeah <laughs> or something like that Or the you know michael jordan bulls jersey or something exactly exactly
0: um, um so yeah, you mentioned you're doing ep work yeah uh, who do you do that with and yeah how do you finding that at the moment
1: um yeah so i work for a not-for-profit organization um I don't know if I meant to actually say the name or not. I have no idea. You can if you want. Do you yeah. don't have
0: to if you don't want to. That's all right. We can keep it uh, top secret. Keep
1: it hush hush. Confidential. I don't want to like dox myself or anything <laughs> or anybody to yeah, stop me. Good, that's no, no, it's all good. Um, There's too many snakes out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Um, yeah, so I work for a non profit organization, um, mo- mostly in the neurological and disability sector. Yeah. Um, work with a wide range of clients, you know, um, from primary school kids to older adults and um, yeah, just. Work been working there for I think next week is gonna be my one year there actually. Damn, congrats.
0: Um, Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> so
1: I started actually in that job this time last year and then two weeks later we went into full lockdown for four months. Wow. So yeah, it's been yeah, it's been a long year. Baptism of fire. Just oh, okay. like
0: take your laptop home and yeah. get ready for telehealth.
1: Oh for sure. Four months <laughs> of telehealth, day in, day out. Oh, miss those days but also don't brutal (laughs) yeah
0: like you were saying before like you were saying that um it's so like rewarding work and that yeah that mixing clientele that you're working with Mm -hmm. like younger kids all the way up to people in their elderly it's like in 70 80 years old Mm. with range of sort of disabilities or challenges for them Mm. um is really like rewarding and keeps it fresh it's like lots of variety, which is really cool.
1: Oh, for sure. Like very challenging. And um oh one thing we should mention, we actually used to work at the same hospital again but never crossed paths. Exactly. Yeah.
0: It's a very small world as well. Like when I worked nearby in a hospital where we're so we're Both of us sort of live around. Um, I was sort of doing my physio assistant work for a few years coming up through there. And then one, I was a casual there. So I'd only work weekends and then Mick started and he would work the weekdays. So we didn't really run into each other. But one week I just was reading the, the agenda or the minutes for the team meetings and I was like, Oh, Miguel Eunice, I know him. What is he working here now? What yeah. the heck? So I had to message him going, when did you join? What the heck? It's like, I've been
1: here about a year and a half already. Tom. <laughs> exactly. yeah. um, oh,
0: it's crazy. Another like, you know, cast in primary school, going to the same uni, having yeah. the same hospital. Small
1: sort of world. thing. And yeah, just like sort of, I guess that's the thing in healthcare. You sort of know everyone exactly. or, you, or you know of them through this person sort of thing. You exactly. know, it's such a small sector. It's more like community. Yeah.
0: And like you were saying too, one of your like staff members is like friends with one of our like good friends as well. So oh, yeah, like, yeah.
1: Again, it's just so many overlaps. Yeah, honestly, I'm surprised. <laughs> um, so yeah, like, you know, working at my current job compared to the hospital where it was very, you know, you see your patient for four weeks, then your, your journey with them is done. This is a lot more long-term, um, a lot more satisfying because you see those long-term changes. Definitely. Um, but also with the highs comes the lows and, you know, it's about managing that and, you know, yeah.
0: Yeah, and you can have such a yeah. like great impact as you're there for such a long time. Like you really understand that person, um, you can really be like a support figure to them and have been involved in their lives. So it takes a lot, a big burden to take on, but it's really rewarding in the same way to get, oh, yeah. get them out of those low periods as well.
1: Yeah. It comes to the territory for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You learn quickly. Definitely. Yeah. It's a hard job Oh, for sure. And don't get me started on the report writing. Just exactly. like learning about, you know, um, like the NDIS, for example, and oh, stuff like that. Oh, it's the dreaded NDIS. Man. Uh, I could go on for that for a whole episode, but you know, let's not. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We, get, we will get into the sport eventually. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can get into the sport now. Um, mm. Yeah, so like I was saying before, that MIGS is, you know, loves these sort of uh, UFC, all the mm-hmm. fighting and boxing and that sort of stuff. And my first question that I was interested in is, I think a lot of people, and I've had it too, where, ugh, like, mm-hmm. I don't like, fighting or boxing or UFC is not my favorite sport. But I do, when I do watch it, lots of people, they might give you that look. And I don't know if you've experienced this where it's like, oh, what the heck, Tom or Miggs, like, you're into fighting, that's so, like... Oh, like it's not entertaining, or mm. yeah, what got you into watching this sort of stuff? And yeah, mm. why do you like watching that? Sort
1: of stuff? Um, yeah, that I have to go back to when I was a kid. So I actually grew up watching, and sorry, this is gonna maybe I might waffle on a bit. to come your fight like if you need to. No, it's fine. Um, yeah, I grew up watching a lot of martial arts movies. So, like Jackie Chan, Jet Li were my heroes growing up as a kid. Hell yes. Um, you know, seeing them, although it's all cinema, seeing like you know, these small Asian guys fight these massive, buff people and winning. Um, so when I was a kid, I begged my dad to enroll me into karate. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, which, which, yeah. So I went to a local karate school yeah. throughout the whole of primary school. Nice. Um, but it wasn't really what I was sort of looking for. Cause it was mainly like, um, do you know anything about karate at all, Tom? A little or- bit, like a
0: little bit about the belt sort of system, I guess. Yeah. And I think it's cool. There's like to get your kids into it, to like, there's so many bullies out there, people, like primary mm. and high school, you want to be able to have a bit of self-defense and protect yourself. But yeah. Then, I don't know, because I never did it, but like, yeah, I know that sort of trying to get up to the black belt is like the highest you can go, right?
1: Yeah. So like, I was in that grind of primary school, um, but then at the same time, you know, at least my school of primary was saying that for every every school, every there's a lot of different schools. For sure. First of all, there are different styles of karate. My one was very, at least for the kids, it was like very form based so you'd be learning like a set choreography which we call kata okay um with and there would be very minimal like self actual self-defense or training or anything like that oh, I see. um so you know i would learn how to do like this intricate choreography yeah but then like in my head i'd be like if i actually run ran to a bully in the playground how would i actually defend myself sort yeah, of thing exactly um so yeah like you know i sort of fell out of love with karate sort of let go of that i think when i got into high school like yeah. year seven uh because i was bouncing bad and swimming and then like going T7 as well, so something had to give, unfortunately. Um, and then swimming actually <laughs> follows, like, soon after, um, which I'll get to a bit later maybe if I have to. It was like the early starts with swimming can be brutal and
0: yeah. always smelling like chlorine doesn't help. Oh,
1: like, it was honestly just the timing because I'd finish school at, like, three and then, you know, I'd be in the squad team at four. Oh, wow. And then I'd have to, like, get yeah. Maccas on the way there. And, yes. you know, I would Thank just goodness. be, like, I'd feel, feel like I'd have to chunder or something. <laughs> so I had to give up swimming. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, back to the whole what got me into the UFC and mixed martial arts and yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so even though like, you know, I'd stopped martial arts as a kid, I was still, you know, I still love my martial arts movies, loved like movies that had good fight scenes, things yeah, like that. For sure. Um, like
0: Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee, like guys you can really respect, like even though yeah. it is like movies and a bit choreographed, that's like, at least I'm sure for Bruce Lee as well, but Jackie Chan like never had a stump double in like any of his films and no? like, yeah, that's just like super impressive. And yeah. it's like watching art, right? Like these like proper techniques and very cool.
1: Yeah, um, and you, just if you read about the injuries that Jackie actually got filming all his movies, it's crazy. Um, you know, some he'd be near death in some movies because, you know, he'd miss a jump or he would, of a prop would break. Wow. And he'd like have a hole in his chest or something. Jeez. So it's crazy. <laughs> so respect to Jackie. Yeah, wow. Um, and then, yeah, like it was weird. Um, sort of towards high school, you know, we all sort of heard about the UFC but didn't really know anything about it because I guess in Australia, it wasn't really a thing back then. It was yeah, very in America, in Brazil, in Europe. For like sure. it hadn't made its way there. There weren't really too many prominent fight Australian fighters in the UFC yet. No, and it wasn't really
0: promoted, like you said. Like it, you know, yeah. even NFL or NBA was still like sort of growing and sort of emerging in Australia. So like these sort of uh, if all these MMA or boxing uh, UFC was still. Yeah, very much at the early sort of stages. Yeah. yeah, Um.
1: so I didn't actually know anything about, like, MMA at that point, but I'd heard a little bit about it, I, you know, when people ask me, I'd pretend to know about it sort <laughs> of sure. thing. Um, and then, I don't know if you remember, but back when, like, Free to Air TV sort of started, like, changing channels where it wasn't just, like, 10. Yes. It'd be, like, 10 plus or, yes. you know, something yes, like, or ABC3 yes, and stuff. Yes. Um, they'd had, like, random programs showing it. For sure. Yeah, yeah, so, like, literally one random Saturday, I, like, turned to, like, the 10 Sports channel. I can't even remember what the name was. And they're actually showing this, like, old rerun of this UFC fight. Oh, wow. Um, and for people who are in the note, it was Lyota Machida versus Shogun Hua number one.
0: Oh, that's um, a pretty good fight then,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. So it was um, Lyota Machida for me because he was the straight-up karate guy. So I could really see myself in him, you know, oh, really wow. classic karate. Yeah stance and stuff or Shogun Hua was completely different he was Muay Thai okay which I do you know what Muay Thai is Tom? isn't that
0: like more like Brazilian type of thing? Uh,
1: it's it's from Thailand okay, uh, okay. so Muay Thai I think it translates roughly and that's what okay. I actually do right now okay. as my main um, martial art oh really? Um, damn yeah wow. so it, it translates I think to the Art of Eight Limbs basically meaning you've got your punches your kicks your elbows and your knees oh
0: okay
1: uh, no, there's, there's grappling what we call the clinch but as soon as it goes to the ground you get stood up so it's all it's all stand up it's all striking oh okay compared um, to like like Jiu Jitsu and other ones that are more like
0: on the ground. Like exactly, you see the, you see the person lying on their back, just like yeah. come on the floor.
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah. So it's completely, it's it's a, it's, it's completely opposite. Yeah. Um, so for me, what drew me into that fight and why I didn't just skip through was skip to the next channel, go to like you know Simpsons or something. Yeah. Was that yeah? Like you know, again, Leonardo Machida was a karate guy who I did. So I was like, oh, I immediately saw myself in him. Yeah. Oh, you know, karate's the best. You know, martial art. Let's see what happens. Yeah, Yeah. And then, yeah, like, it was, like, a crazy fight. Like, it was back and forth. That was the first time I saw takedowns, trips, and submission attempts. Um, and I was like, what's all this stuff? And, like, Leota Machida, like, he won that fight, but to be honest, he should have lost. Okay. And then he did lose the rematch by getting knocked out. So, you know, what comes, what goes around, comes around. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> um But, yeah, after that, I was like, I need to know more about this MMA thing. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, back then, I was, like, 13, 14, scrawny kid. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the MMA, like I mentioned, still wasn't, massive in Australia it was like very hush hush or sure. you know you're like you mentioned Tom you're yeah. like a bit of a you get that side eye when you say oh I'm into UFC I'm into fighting sort of thing yeah. um but yeah like um what would happen is that every Saturday I'd have because I was ter- I was not the greatest student back in high school so I'd have to do maths no, tutoring no way. <laughs> yeah um yeah still not the greatest clinician maybe who knows um <laughs> you I know
0: about? true true um
1: yeah so you know Throughout the whole of high school, I would, every Saturday, nine o'clock, I'd have math tutoring. Okay. And then, you know, one time, I think in year eight or nine, I decided to just look out the window and as we were driving out, I saw like, we were like a minute away from my tutoring place, which was like a school. Yeah. Um, like there was this gym that said, you know, um, and this is the gym I'm actually still at now to this day. Which one's that? Uh, it's Full Force in Blacktown. Oh, okay. Uh, so Full Force Gym, if you don't know, it's sort of, do you know the Blacktown area, Tom?
0: A little bit. I know like where the, the big Westfield is and the Taco <laughs> Bell there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that 24 hour Kmart in Blacktown. Oh, okay.
1: Very sketchy place to go. <laughs> do you know where the other uh, rock climbing places in Blacktown? What's that one called? Oh, I can't, it's not like, it's not nine degrees or anything. It's like one of the OG oh, rock okay. climbing places. I, uh, probably um, not. Okay, um, it's sort of near Blacktown Girls, like. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, I know that. Yeah, name, on
1: yeah. that, on that, like in that complex, it's there. Um, nice. So it's very like even now the, you know, the advertising isn't like or like you know the as you drive by there's only like a little banner and stuff. For sure, for sure. Um, so you wouldn't really know unless you knew about it. Um, yeah, I saw that it said you know Muay Thai whatever, boxing whatever, but it also said MMA. Wow. So I was like, okay, I know there's a school here now. Yeah. So, the next thing I was like to my dad, hey, um, can I enroll in this?
0: Please, dad. (laughs) Exactly.
1: exactly. (laughs) Um, And, you know, my dad was actually very supportive because, you know, like I mentioned at that time, I quit all my sports. I quit karate. Swimming was my other main sport. So, I'd been basically physically inactive for about two years. Oh, I see. Um, And I could, yeah, I could definitely see I'd been putting on the kilos at that point. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, like I called called them up. I said, oh, I'd love to join the MMA class, which was like at, I think, five o'clock or six o'clock after school. Nice. Um, and yeah, like I went from there, um, I remember my first ever session, I was like the youngest kid there, like it was me and everybody else was an adult. Wow. Um, and the first thing that I was taught was how to do a hip toss. Okay. Um, which if you watch judo, um, it's like a very common technique. Um, if, if any of you guys never want to rouse but she does that in every single fight basically. Yeah. Um, and like there was me, a 14 year old, trying to hip toss, a guy that's 15, 20 years older than me, an extra probably hundred kilos on me. Oh, wow. It didn't end well. Um How do
0: you do that move, the hip toss, just so like people can picture it? Like are you trying to get your shoulders under oh. someone's hips and just like flip them up or Yeah,
1: so it's you go you sort of start like facing each other. Yeah. And then I'm trying to go diagonally yeah. and get my hips under your hips oh. so that when I actually flip you over, I don't have to do that much effort. Oh, it's just like you're
0: working with gravity.
1: Exactly. Yeah, you know, and I'm sure there's physics and stuff involved, um, which I don't know about. I don't know much about physics either. I didn't do physics in high school. Oh, I did, but I was terrible as well. So <laughs> hence why I had to go tutoring, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, that was, it was a tough session. Honestly, I came there. Like I remember, I was sore for th- a whole week, and then, but I was back on Wednesday, nice. um, and then just kept at it. You know, um, loved it. I was going two, three times a week, mostly MMA. Yeah. Um, so it was like. It wasn't pure Jiu Jitsu, it wasn't pure, you know, striking, it was like a nice mix, which I really liked. Yeah, that's cool. Um, At the same time, I started doing the Muay Thai classes, like I mentioned, you know, learning the striking. Yeah. Um, Then I moved gyms for about a year or two, just because my my sensei or my my coach, I guess, had to change gyms, so I just followed him. Nice. Then he sort of like semi-retired, so I just went back to my old gym, Um, sort of (laughs) like take me back sort of thing. (laughs) Um, the only way you could get rid of your mix. It's yeah, like, maybe. Like
0: That's crazy why. crazy guys me. you. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: and yeah, I've been there ever since. Yeah. Um, you know, during like, during end of high school, starting uni, I was sort of not training too seriously. Like, I, you know, I'd go for a, I would do a month like really consistently, then I'd blow off for a month. Yeah. It's only, I would say, the last four or five years, I've really been consistent. You know, going to the gym three times a week. Sure. Um, you know, doing my training at home, you know, making sure I'm fit, things like that. Yeah. So, nice. yeah, that's my story. And I guess you fall into the UFC and all that stuff, like, just just, just like it. Yeah.
0: No, I love that. And, yeah. like, that's something that I really, like, that sort of overlaps with what I enjoy watching most about the MMA and UFC as well is that there's so many different styles of fighting. And, like you said, that you have someone who you can really identify in or, like, you've trained in, like, karate or Muay Thai or whatever its jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu whatever you choose. And it's like, Oh, I'm rooting for that guy. Or I really know what it takes to do that sort of style and then Mm. see what they're up against. And there's all that sort of, lots of people can just be like, Oh, it's just too brutal. It's all like bronze and there's no brains to fighting. But Mm. in some cases that can be so like, you know, when there's a big weight disparity or that sort of thing, or like experience disparity, but then it's really like very critical thinking and lots of tactics involved, even with this like Mm. MMA and UFC getting in the ring, it takes Mm. a lot. And like I said, Jiu-jitsu people just want to lay on the ground and want to take you to the ground and submit you like that. Mm. Muay Thai is trying to, like, elbow you in your head and and knee you in the head, Mm. do the sort of Jorge Masvidal to Ben Askren, like, just run at you
1: and (laughs) knee you in the face. So you do know that fight, Tom? (laughs) Yeah, I
0: do. That was, like, one of the fastest knockouts ever.
1: It was. It's officially, I think, they stopped the clock at, like, five seconds, but yeah. it technically should be, like, two or three. The
0: commentators were, like, still reading the announcement. They're like, oh, <laughs> this, this fight brought to you by Like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And on the
1: ground. Exactly, Yeah.
0: Yeah, Jorge Masvidal. If you haven't seen it, just type in Ben Askren knockout. It'll be like the top result on YouTube. And then Jorge Masvidal is like leaning against the fence. The referee is like, everyone good? Yep, let's fight. Let's go. And like Mick said, within three seconds, Masvidal sprinting at Ben Askren, jumps up, flying knee to the the chin, Mm -hmm. instantly knocked out. Yeah. Very embarrassing to have that on your portfolio. <laughs> oh, for sure.
1: And if if people who don't know Ben Askren, he is, he's a trash talker, but he's not like a Conor McGregor sort of trash talker. Mm. He will sort of be like a high school bully sort of vocabulary sort of thing, like yeah. you're lame, you know, sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, to see how he knocked out Jorge Masvidal. I mean, sorry, how Jorge Masvidal knocked him out. After all the trash talk the two had, then the build-up to the fight was so satisfying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, like,
0: one thing about fighting, I think, that sometimes can... Definitely draws people in, but then can draw people out as well, is that, like, the fake sort of trash talking, or it's, like, so much, like, war of words, but then it doesn't get backed up in the ring, or it does get backed up in the ring, because, like, you know, all the hype is building, and then it either falls through or it comes through sort of thing. So it's, it's cool to see people walk the walk and actually back up with what they're saying, but then sometimes it's just like, oh, you're just trying to sell more tickets and more views, which I get it, but then if you can't back it up, then it
1: makes it like detrimental for the sport, so. Yeah. And I guess that's the thing as well. You can talk about smack, but at the end of the day, it's just going to be you and the guy you talk or woman you're talking smack about in the ring um, or sorry, in the cage, I should say. So, you know, you better you better have the skills to back it up.
0: Well, yeah, and then, like, you see lots of people like Conor McGregor, right, invent himself a career and just went on this incredible trajectory of, like, knocking out everybody and doing, a, a, like, obliterating everyone in his path and just making it so personal with everybody and then comes mm. up against a guy with Khabib and then it's like, oh, no, he really got, like, put in his place. Like, he tried to do all the trash talking and even... Didn't he do like there was that whole incident with the bus thing? Like, yeah, Khabib was on a bus leaving some venue, and Conor McGregor's like randomly outside mm. and trying to trash talk. Khabib, like, come on, come like fight me if you're a real man, and let's do this here. And Kabib's like, no, I'm staying on the bus, and he's like throwing a chair at the window, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, shot yeah.
1: Us the glass. he was from, I think it's called a dolly, it's that thing where, um, if you're transporting multiple boxes, you sort of like you, you shove it under, it, then you sort of get to wheel it. Oh, I see. He, yeah. yeah, he like chucked because, um, I think what happened was that. Khabib, uh, so one of Connor's teammates, is his name's Artem Lobov. For people who don't know the GOAT, um, he's got a, I think it's an 11 and 11 record. So oh. 50, 50% wins, 50% losses. So hence the GOAT name. Um, he was fired on that card. And because, you know, Khabib is from, um is also sort of from that area. I think Khabib was saying, talking to him like, oh, you've betrayed your country or something like that. Uh, you know, why are you with Connor, sort yeah. of thing? Why are you wrong with him? Even though Artem and Connor have been teammates forever. Yeah. Um, and then I think Connor was sort of trying to get back at, get back at Khabib uh, I feel you. and it's funny when you see that video because after Connor throws the dolly he like, runs away and you can see like you can see uh, Artem like he's there as well he's just like oh my gosh I can't believe you've done that like I'm fired yeah. <laughs> sort of thing <laughs> But um, also, like, yeah.
0: why would you wake the beast, this Khabib guy? You don't want to give him any extra reason to like yeah. look for you. Like, he's re- he's retired now, I think, right? Like, he's not fighting. But, you know, he's still in great shape, and I think he, if someone called him out properly and for maybe mm. for the right price tag, he'd come back. But mm. yeah, this guy is like brutal, brutal fighter.
1: Yeah, for people who don't know who Khabib is, um, yeah, he is probably one of the goats. I would say, like, the actual goats, not trolling now, yeah. um, of MMA. Um, I think he's twenty two or twenty three and though, undefeated yeah. um, and he has one style. it is take you down and ground and pound you until you, until you can't breathe and either submit you or just knock you, knock you out with strikes literally. Like, Everybody knows what he's going to do. Yeah. No one can stop it.
0: Exactly. That's the <laughs> yeah. scariest thing. So it's just like you know what he, he's going to do, take you to the ground, and make you tap out. Mm. And there's no stopping it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so yeah, like oh, what, a, like what a what a fighter. Honestly, yeah. you can
0: only like yeah. Hats off to him. Huge respect. Right. Like yeah. Yeah. Crazy.
1: Mm. Scary too. <laughs> oh, for, oh, the thing is as well because like he's quite soft spoken. Because um, yeah, that's right. He's from Dagestan, so. There's a lot of good wrestlers from there. Was that, um, that in Russia or
0: something? Uh, or? It's
1: part of the federation, I think, oh, okay. of that whole area, yeah. or like post-Soviet Union sort of thing. Sure. Um, so yeah, apparently there's a lot of good wrestlers that come out of that that area for whatever reason. So one of his teammates is actually in the discussion for lightweight uh, the lightweight championship, uh, which we can get about a bit later if we need to, but... Yeah. Yeah, so K- Khabib's actually started his own fighting company now wow. called Eagle FC. Well, who wouldn't who wouldn't want to learn to like
0: <laughs> yeah. teach me how to be undefeated? Basically, right? yeah.
1: So he's got his own like he's basically got the UFC but his version. And That's apparently, cool. he's paying his fighters in Bitcoin now rather than cash. Ooh. So maybe it's not the greatest what the greatest decision after the last what couple of weeks yeah, whatever's happened it's in the low
0: points at the moment so <laughs> it looks good when it's on a high right people yeah. <laughs> are happy but then at the moment it's like oh kabib you got any spare change for me <laughs> i need to get the bus home again. <laughs> Yeah. um, No, like, I think that's what has been controversial. Like, another interesting thing that we can move into now is that, like, the whole sort of rumors or, yeah, if you can shed more light about, like, Dana White, who's, like, the big figurehead for the UFC and MMA and how he sort of controls all the fights and lots of rumors about fighters not getting good enough pay and having to work really hard or having to prove themselves like 10, 15, 20 fights before they get like a real opportunity and not really getting healthcare in brackets. Cause like mm-hmm. not sure about that. I don't know like how well they get taken care of. And mm-hmm. then even just, You know, there's only so many times you can get hit in the head before you have to retire, right? This isn't, like, an office job or an accountant where you can be a pro fighter for 20, 30, 40 years. Like, Hmm. you can only do this for even, like, Khabib and Conor, right? Like, they weren't around 10 years ago, and they are both, like, not really fighting anymore. So, Hmm. yeah, I don't know. What do you think about all that sort of, like, Dana Dana Whitehead being the figurehead of it all and, yeah, does he take care of the fighters well enough and... Hmm. Are they paid fairly and all that sort of stuff? Because you yeah. do have lots of people going off and starting their own sort of things and gaining mm-hmm. popularity.
1: Yeah, yeah, so it's no secret that Dana's got his favourites. Uh, we call him Uncle Dana for the people in <laughs> the know. Um, yeah, um, a good example, I guess, for like with Dana, like it's 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 the pros and cons because the UFC wouldn't be where it is without him um, sure. and the previous owners of the UFC, the Fertitta brothers. Um, it's only a couple of years ago the UFC sold actually sold the company to something else I can't remember off the top of my head what it was called
0: um that rings a bell
1: yeah so they sold and Dana actually got a nice hefty sum as well because obviously he was you know a big figure in it I can't even remember what Dana actually does I think he's the president of like day-to-day operations or he's just the figure you know he's the he's the he's the I guess the community facing person while everybody else is in the background um you know Bane has got its pros and cons There are stories where, like yeah The fighters are getting paid And yeah to be honest Like if you didn't know Tom um, Fighters They're actually It's not a salary It's you know You, you pay when you fight
0: Yeah it's like a purse right Yeah yeah It's like yeah, a yeah. um, pay per view And all that sort of gets divided up right Yeah And then
1: little bonuses Here and there sort of thing right It's it's. I think that you're, you're sort of Identified as like subcontractors So sure. You've got a contract You've got maybe four fights At the end of that contract You renegotiate mm. Whether you can, if you've done, if you had a good four fights, so you can negotiate for something a bit higher. Yeah. If you've had a bad four fights, you might get cut, or you, you you know you might get less money. That's the end
0: for you, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, and if you actually do know Tom, like people get paid their show money, which is basically the money they get paid just to show up and actually make weight and fight, and then they get the win money. I see. So just getting in the ring, you get like fifty grand, for example, and then. Oh. Depending Five grand or something <laughs> Yeah, yeah So for, you know The lowest of the low You know, I, I've seen Like, because the purses Are all online You can see that some fighters Are getting like Four grand to show Wow And if you win You get double Whatever your show money is Wow So that's an incentive yeah. as well Which I don't agree with, right Because mm-hmm. So if some so if somebody loses their fight They're only getting paid Technically half their purse Yeah Especially for that person You know, just straight out Straight into the UFC First fight Only getting paid Four to show Four to win Yeah um, And they've been Training for three months Um One thing as well with fighting compared to, I guess, you know, traditional sports like NBA, NFL, NRL, there's not really a central team or anything like that that takes care of you. You're paying your gym fees out of your own pocket. You're paying for physio, strength, conditioning, nutrition, everything out of your own pocket. And, you know, four grand to show seems like a lot, but after three months of training. Yeah. You're basically broke at that point. It yeah, takes a lot
0: of time, three months to dedicate to time, energy, like yeah, yeah like you said, meals, like staff, equipment. Yeah. Like it takes a lot with just conditioning too. Like so many people mm. think it's easy to just swing your arms and go and hit someone not go and try it, but go and do a boxing class at your gym and see how tired you get just boxing against a bag for like a minute.
1: Yeah. it's You'll it's, be
0: drenched in sweat and keeled over going, I'm done. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, for sure. During, uh, during lockdown coming back to the gym, Oh, you could definitely, you know, you're training, but it's not the same. Exactly. It's a totally different sort of like sport and, you know, movement. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, Dana's he's, he's notorious for that, but it's also, you know, very good stories about Dana where, you know maybe somebody didn't win the performance of the night bonus but you know it was still a great fight and Dana's paying out of his own pocket for sure uh, for a bonus or something so at the end of the day that you see it is a business yeah like with um, everything
0: it's got its pros and cons and just sort of like how it runs at the moment but then yeah, yeah. you do see people like Khabib and even like Jake Paul and that sort of Mm. stuff with him trying, you know, building his own brand and, um, you know, signing different fighters to his label that I think MVP productions and to DAZN and all that sort of stuff and, yeah, providing platforms and I don't know if it actually happens but promising healthcare and promising, like, more fair sort of purses sort of things.
1: Yeah, um, I think while the fighters are actually under contract, they are actually covered by the UFC, so, you know, I'm, okay. sure that, yeah, I'm sure,
0: like, not to promote, yeah.
1: like, that they don't have any safety protocols. Like, yeah, yeah, are, yeah.
0: Like, very strict things, but... Um, yeah, like, they'll yeah. pay
1: for your surgery and stuff. Um, but I think the, the controversy is that, you know, once your contract's finished, 10 years, down, 10 years down the line, when you've had maybe a plate put into your, your shoulder and stuff, that starts to go, you know, wrong. Like, you people are expecting, oh, does the UFC pay for it, even though you haven't worked for them for 10 years? Yeah. Or most likely, you have to pay for it out of your own pocket for at sure. that point, or whatever company you're, you're working for. Yeah
0: like yeah. the scarier thing for me is like lots of these like concussions or like mm. brain injuries are just like little repeated brain injuries over time turn into something bigger down the line, like a big new lot, like a traumatic brain injury or like that CTE in NFL that everyone's worrying about or mm. like dementia or Alzheimer's, lots of things. And it's like hard to prove that it was linked to that necessarily, but it's like, Oh, what else would that, I don't know you go out and get punched <laughs> in the head for like for 20 minutes, like for five years in a row, then, I don't know, that would do something to you for
1: sure. Yeah, um, you definitely see it in fighters who've been playing for a long time. Like what we call like the gin or, you know... T- when we say people have a good chin that means like they can take a good hit without getting knocked out Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a really famous fighter um, this is a throwback his name is Chuck the Iceman Liddell which oh, is one of the coolest nicknames I've ever heard <laughs> um, he was really known for having a great chin you know um, I think Joe Rogan's really famous for saying you could take a baseball bat to his chin and nothing would happen <laughs> oh, wow. but you see towards the end of his career he'd be getting just touched and he would be knocked out straight away Wow. Um, so there's, there's a, you know, that real world anecdotal sort of like evidence Yeah. Um, there's this other really famous story um, another OG vandalay Wander- Silva okay. he's a Brazilian um, oh yes I know him yeah he's known for his his nickname is the Axe Murderer wow so Four. you can you can probably tell what his uh, what his fighting style is just all balls to the wall yeah. going at you. Um there's this really funny story where he I think he went to like a CTE sort of like study or something. Yeah. And then one of the questionnaires were like, you know, just your general health questionnaire, do you experience these symptoms of CTE? And then he said, I think he said he experiences all of them <laughs> <laughs> so to some degree, <laughs> but he still to you to fight that afterwards. Yeah. Well, I guess um, like,
0: these guys, like it's all they know. And like you said, we're about like Khabib going back to earlier, where he's got lots of these fighters coming out from these, like, I don't know, really like disadvantaged and underprivileged areas. It's like, Lots of these guys, like, there's no other choice but to do is fight. Like, they've been fighting all their lives and, I don't know, it's hard to get jobs or whatever, like, financially, like, struggling. It's just, like, that's all I can do. I, like, have my fists and I can, I've got people to mentor me. That's like, what everyone's done before me. Why not go into that path? So
1: Yeah, and, you know, being a fighter is such a hard job. You know, I think, yeah, like like you mentioned, like, you know, downline this, this job isn't going to be here for that long. I'm here for a good time, not for a long time. Yeah. Um, so for a lot of the fighters now, which are like, they're trying to get, and they should is get, a, get as much money as they can while they're in the game, whether it's through trash talking, whether it's through Whatever. Sp- like fi- special fights or promotions and stuff like, yeah. yeah, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you have to look out for yourself. Definitely. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess like the next thing I wanted to have a chat about too, was that uh, for people that maybe not into like MMA or, but like wanting to, that are a little bit interested now mm-hmm. or have had some interest, like. Um, how do you watch it like and then anything sort of upcoming in the MMA or fighting world that you're like keen to watch that's like the new up and coming sort of stuff or anything in the, in the le- next few weeks or month. that okay guys definitely tune into this like mm. if this is like the fight you want to watch one fight it's like the make or break, like you did with me, or flicking onto like
1: Channel 10 that one time.
0: It's <laughs> yeah, like, guys, flick onto Channel 10 to watch this fight.
1: Yeah, if only we could watch it on Channel 10. Yeah. Hey, um, so officially and legally, so <laughs> watch the UFC. <laughs> yeah, um, um, you can go a couple of ways, you can use like the UFC Fight Pass or they pay per view as well. So it's just yeah. like normal pay per view. Um, honestly, it's easier just to go down to your local pub or you know, sports bar. Yeah. And, um, yeah, support your local and just watch it there, honestly. Usually on a Sunday, right? Like, Sunday afternoon, there's, like, a big sort of card where they do, Mm -hmm. like, five fights starting from,
0: like, 12, like, midday to, 5 p.m. You've been so good to me today. Um, We're probably missing some major fight, and Mick's just giving me his time here on a Sunday. Oh, no, there is actually
1: a major (laughs) boxing fight happening at the moment. Um, (laughs) Cambosas Jr. versus Danny. Oh, Um, In Melbourne, actually, right now. Wow. Um, Yeah, so it's a world championship fight. Um, George Cambosas Jr., he beat Tiafima Lopez last year and won all of these belts. Wow. And he's actually Australia's most successful boxer at this point in terms of championships.
0: Even better than Tim, that Tim Zoo guy.
1: Oh, yeah, better than Tim. Um, Tim only just started his US debut just, I think, last year. That's um, right. It's his dad that, that was really famous, Costa Zoo. Oh, yeah. uh, he's yeah. apparently in Russia doing his own thing now. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, but yeah, that fight's happening at the moment, so it's all good. I'll watch it after. We'll
0: oh, nice, nice. get the highlights. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, we'll watch the free highlights. Um, but yeah, so easiest way to get to the UFC is you know just watch it at your local pub. If you want to just hang out at home, just you know do a pay per view. You can stream it through your PlayStation if you've got PlayStation Four. Damn. Plus, yeah, on
0: PlayStation Four. Okay, yeah, sweet. Yeah,
1: you just do pay per view. <laughs> Damn, nice. Unofficially. Without paying, if you want to know, send me a DM. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, we have our
0: ways. To, you know, there's lots of ways that I watch NBA. And, other things yeah. that just, you know, if you're really curious and you're strapped for cash, you can yeah. hit us up and we'll, we'll find your website.
1: If you don't mind closing five advertisements every time, exactly. like every five minutes, exactly. yeah, I've got your back. <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, in terms of cool fights coming up, um, I think the big one that Australians should at least be really interested in is that Alexander Volkanovsky, mm. who's the current featherweight championship, and he's from Australia. He, okay. He's from Wollongong, actually. Wow. Um, he's having his trilogy fight with Max Holloway, who before Alex won the belt was considered, you know, one of the greatest full time out, by the way, because he had beaten everybody, basically cleared out the division. And then Alex came out of nowhere and just beat him twice. Wow. Um, so to be honest, that sort of says... About the division's depth that they're fighting three times, yeah. even though Alex has beaten him twice already, there's, there's no one else, else in
0: there to challenge. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's sort of that thing where you've got the the champ and then one contender, and they're so far above everybody else yeah. that it's just not fair. And honestly, most of the UFC divisions, I would say, are like that at the moment. For sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, that fight's happening, and the cool thing about that fight is on the same card, it's Israel Adesanya.
0: Oh, yeah, I know him. Yeah yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, he's fighting. Um, oh, what's his name? Oh, I can't remember. I'm so sorry. I, I love him, though. Like, yeah. he's, like,
0: very respectable because, like, mm. he he has this massive, like, Africa tattoo on his chest, like, and mm. he's, like, for every fight, like, doing it for, like, the whole, like, the pride of Africa, basically going in as, like, the Black Panther, basically, like, mm. on, on steroids, on superpowers, and just yeah. tearing up, like, every division or every fight that he faces. Like, he... Yeah I, like you see videos like on TikTok or Instagram or wherever Facebook and like before every fight starting like the referees saying like doing the checks and stuff and then he's like talking, looking into the opponent's eyes, going like, "I'm ready to die." <laughs> like, are you? And it's like, damn, seeing that, yeah. I'm already like tapping against the wall. It's like yeah. this might not have been a good idea. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think that was really famous when he fought um, Kelvin Gastelum. Yeah, it was like, oh, that's a great fight. If ever anybody wants to watch it, Kelvin Gastelum versus Israel Adesanya. Yeah, it was the first time Israel had really been tested mm. in the UFC because back before that, he was just tearing through everybody; no one could touch him. And then it was the first time he saw us. He saw it would show that he wasn't invincible for sure and then yeah it was the last round I think Israel famously was like chanting himself I'm ready to die I'm ready to die or something of that sense
0: I've seen another one too where he like all this sort of fighting stuff happens in rounds so like you do two three minutes or whatever five minutes of fighting Mm. then you know go over to your corner have a break in one of the fights too he famously like does like the bell goes, rounds over, it's like round three, round four, and he's like tired, but he just like stands there, hands behind his back and is mm. just looking death staring at the other opponent's corner, going, I don't need a break. Mm. I'm waiting for you like a lion looking at like a deer or a gazelle just going, You're the hunted right now. You like I'm ready.
1: Yeah, and that's part of um honestly it's part of that intimidation as well. Um there's this really good story about I think it was Mike Tyson or oh, forgive me, it's either Mike Tyson Muhammad Ali back in the day, where him and his opponent just randomly took the elevator together, like going down somewhere, Mm -hmm. and then the other, sorry, I can't remember if it's Ali or Tyson. They just started shadow boxing right in front of the opponent, like fists, like centimeters, like from his face, <laughs> just in the elevator, just yeah. like going at it. And then as soon as like the doors open, they just walk down like normal. Wow. And the opponent was like, I would lost the fight at that moment. Like so this they was is before the fight. This is like a couple of days before the fight. They haven't even like wow. they have done the weigh yet. <laughs> so it's sort of like that intimidation started, you know, from that time. And, yeah. like, mentally, that guy was already defeated. Yeah. All those games are always
0: happening. Like, that's mm. why, like, all the weigh-ins and press conferences, like, people mm. can go, I just want to watch the fight. But then some of these, like, you get these really cool moments where it's, like, all these mind games or trash talks can be, like, make or break or can really impact what happens later. So, yeah, that's a exactly. cool aspect
1: of um, it. And that's what I guess Connor was very famous for. You know, yeah. he very good with his words. um, Chael Sonnen, if anybody knows who he is, he is very he was probably the original Trash Talker, to be honest. Um, he was very good. He was probably better than Connor, to be honest, in Trash really? Talker. Because um, yeah, he would.
0: Oh. I'll have to look him up because there's a lot of famous Connor McGregor ones that are just yeah. like he was up there elite, like very top of the top. And yeah. Yeah.
1: So Chael Sonnen, for example, um, one of the famous things that he had said, uh, he was fighting this Brazilian guy, um, one of the Nogueira brothers for the people in the know. And he was telling the stories of the press that, um, oh, you know, America was so much more advanced than the people in Brazil. So it was actually getting quite, you know, personal and quite, yeah. And it makes me uncomfortable just repeating it, actually. For sure. But he was sort of saying, oh, I once saw the Nogueira Brothers hop off a bus and try and feed it with a carrot. Jeez. Trying to, like, pretend that, you know, they were uncultured and stuff. And I was like, oh, chale, you have to make sure you can back this up, you know. Yeah. And like you would can really fly
0: fire someone up hearing that, right? Yeah,
1: so it goes both ways. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's how, you know, famously Connor knocked out Jose Aldo yes. in like the first 15 seconds of the fight, yes. you know. Because, um, you know, Connor had just, you know, been assaulting him mentally, verbally for for almost a year.
0: Like, like that famous one where he steals the belts from him and he's yeah. like holding the belt in front of him and talking about the same sort of thing that's just like, your people in Brazil all live in favelas and I'm like the king. I'm like the Spanish God who rides in on horseback and conquers your whole town. Exactly. Yeah. All the women, children. And I am the king now. Like your people worship me. That's just like, (sighs) what a thing to say that is like, freaking brutal yeah like um,
1: and he backed it up to be fair to, to connor he backed it up yeah exactly or yeah. well, 15 seconds
0: like yeah yeah like aldo is so riled up wanting to prove himself that comes in overextends and then connor's just waiting and predicting that and yeah probably masterminded all that and just go yep i'm ready Thing, you're
1: out. But then you see, like, the other end where, you know, when he was trashed on be mauls him, defeats him, yeah. and then jumps into the crowd and tries to fight his teammates. <laughs> <laughs> and he can't even get his belt at that point because everyone's so rough. Yeah. He just sort of, like, cannonballs into the into into Connor's teammates and starts, like, throwing hands and yeah. stuff.
0: You have to be, it takes a lot to go and watch a UFC fight in person, especially if you're an other fighter, because you just know at the end of the fight someone might be coming for you. And lots of fighters too now go up to, like, Dana White and try and just go like yeah i said what i said or like you need to give me the contract next and mm. look what i just did and yeah. dana's always like okay bro no way he's like yeah I think, me,
1: I think dana loves it to be honest well yeah it, you yeah.
0: it, 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 uh, know it, it sells right it gets views it people talk about it so mm. it's scary in the moment but he's like yeah you're doing my job almost for me now yeah exactly like, the promotion's free right at yeah, this point yeah, mm. yeah uh very cool um Next sort of thing, we were talking about, like, we mentioned a few goats, like, Kabir being the goat before of MMA. I don't disagree there. Hmm. Another person in boxing who I think is the goat is just, like, I wanted to get your thoughts about it, is that, uh, like, Floyd Money Mayweather, Hmm. having been, like, 50-0 or 51-0, like, crazy good boxing record. I feel like... Controversies where it's like, oh, did judges just award him a little bit? Uh, in some fights where it's like the Manny Pacquiao one, or uh, maybe mm-hmm. previous ones where it's like, I don't know, how could you do it? As a, if you were the judge, it would be hard. You know, you do want to have integrity, but it would be mm-hmm. like, damn, this guy. Do I want to be the one that gives him his first loss <laughs> to just like ruin a, a folk legend sort of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, your thoughts on Mayweather?
1: And you know, that's like a big saying as well. Like when you know when a fight, whether it's boxing, MMA, whatever, goes to decision and it's a really close fight, it can go either way. And, you know, somebody always ends up disappointed at the decision. Definitely. Because, um, you know, you never know, like, in your perception, as a as a spectator, we can see someone's clearly winning the fight. Yeah. But, you know, the fight themselves might be thinking, oh, I'm actually up, I'm winning, and then suddenly they lose. Um, there's the saying where it's don't leave into the hands of the judges. Exactly. Because yes. the judges, they're not actually, or at least to my knowledge, most of them aren't actually even fighters. They're appointed by the specific state or commission. For sure. So it could be like, you know, John Smith, who has never (laughs) stepped into a gym in his life, and he's suddenly judging a championship fight. And, you know, what even is the criteria for judging anyway? (laughs) Like, you know, is it somebody who was very active but didn't, you know, land anything versus somebody who did nothing for four and a half minutes and suddenly landed one big punch? Exactly. So who do you give the round to? Yeah. Um, In terms of going back to the question with um, I'm going to be a bit controversial. Um, you know, fun fact, I am Filipino. So, of course, I go for Manny Pacquiao. But I do agree that Floyd actually won that fight. I watched it live. For sure. With my family, actually. <laughs> we were at this show in Brewery. Oh, nice. And watching <laughs> it. Yeah, it was full of Filipino people. Um, I thought there was going to be a riot after Manny lost. Oh, um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I think the big thing about that fight was that, you know, Floyd had dodged him for years. Yeah. And he had sort of waited until Manny was sort of towards the end of his prime. older, yeah. If people don't know, Manny Pacquiao was like a congressman in the Philippines as well. At one point, he was a basketball player. Um, so he had all these extracurricular activities while Floyd was just a boxer. So I think the only contra- controversy for me at least is that the fight should happen a lot sooner. Yeah. Um, Floyd's last couple of fights, I guess, to get that 51 50 or whatever zero record, he yeah. wasn't really fighting the best of the best at that point. Yeah. You know, he had fought Canelo early in his career, beat Canelo, gave him his first lost, his first loss. And then just didn't even talk to him for the rest of his career. Yeah, no
0: rematch, no even talks of it, yeah. No,
1: exactly. Um, which should have happened, honestly. But, yeah, you know, you can't, you, you can't fall Mayweather because part of, you know, part of boxing is also the promotion, being smart, having smart matchups. Turning
0: yourself into a legend, right? Like, who would, why yeah. would you at that point, like, I'm sure you, he would, in his own mind, think, like, I can beat anyone. I'm not scared. But it is a lot of pressure to go, damn, 50 you know sounds real nice. Mm. 50 50
1: and 1 does not sound very good. It's very different. Yeah, so for the modern age, I would say, you know, Mayweather's definitely, it's undeniable he's undefeated. Um, I would argue that somebody's record doesn't immediately give them good status, though. You know, people looking at Canelo, who unfortunately a couple of weeks ago had his first loss. We talked about that online, actually, to to Bibble. It was Um, crazy, like
0: Canelo. Like I'm sure, even if you don't know who Canelo is, you just scrolling through your feed, you would have seen like crazy. He's such good defense. Like he, he's like like did lots of those videos where he put a blindfold on and like he's got bowling balls (laughs) and tin cans coming from every direction, and somehow is like ducking, dodging, weaving everything, Mm. and does that in fights. Like they show his training, him doing that, and then you see him out there in the in the ring, and someone's opponent is trying to hit him, and they can't even get um you know can't touch him at all like he's docking dodging like yeah it's crazy
1: and the funny thing is he got a lot of that stuff from the Mayweather fight Uh, um yeah so you can actually see the difference in Canelo's style pre versus post Mayweather fight
0: well because Mayweather's supposed to be quite defensive right like he lets you tire yourself out and really just gets one or two sort of critical hits or does lots of body work and isn't Mm -hmm. the type that's like Mike Tyson just gonna like knock you out in the first round or Mm. Deontay Wilder sort of thing, just yeah. Yeah, overpower you sort of thing.
1: Yeah, so Mayweather's definitely known for his um, what we like to call the Philly shell, I guess, where it's mm-hmm. basically, you know, he's very bladed, he's deflecting everything through his shoulder and he's just like popping up, his movement's very good. Yeah. Um, which, and yeah, he just made a career out of it. No one's been able to really replicate him, to be honest. Mm.
0: Yeah. Sort of like a tennis player, I don't know sure if you're super into tennis, but mm. like Roger Federer or lots of other examples where they don't, they just keep the ball in play. They wait for you to hit it out. They're not going to be like a big Andy Roddick or Novak Djokovic that just like overpowers you and hits Mm. this 200 kilometer serve. They're just like, I'm just going to keep hitting it in. And I'm betting on that I can keep hitting it in more times than you can. Yeah. And eventually you're going to get tired mm. and I'll win eventually.
1: Yeah. Like we're waiting for you to make a mistake. Exactly. And then when you do, like the game's over. Yeah. That's definitely Mayweather style, I would say. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I
0: like, I like the point that you made about that, like, someone's record doesn't just mean that they're the GOAT. They're, like, 50 know, is very impressive, or however many it is, mm. over 50. But there are still people like, yeah, Muhammad Ali. And that's, like, the hard thing where it's, like, there's different eras mm. and that sort of thing is hard to compare. And you would love, like, oh, I would love prime Mike Tyson yeah. versus prime Muhammad Ali versus prime Canelo, prime Pacquiao, <laughs> prime Mayweather. <laughs> yeah space them out all in a few weeks if only if only we had a time machine
1: and get them yeah because the style and you know not just that but i guess you know in healthcare we can we know how much science advances and you know for i guess for martial arts it's like you know the nutrition the sport you know the strength conditioning stuff how much more the research has and development has gone into that actually totally especially
0: even just in the last 10 20 years like how Mm. much like people athletes actually like putting work into like nutrition like you said and Mm. recovery work as well like hydration stretching exercising all that sort of stuff is crazy mm. um you made a good point too about before like with the judging of boxing or fights in particular how sort of unpredictable it can be and because we both come from my research background like Big did his honors like me as well so mm. maybe he'll appreciate this and I'm, I'm keen to see if he's heard this before but it, there was a study that was done that in like they looked back at like lots of split decisions and you know how like in boxing or fighting one person usually wears red colored trunks and someone Mm -hmm. wears like blue or black or something. Yeah. Yeah. The winner of the split decision 70% of the time was the person wearing red and they attributed that to like red being more aggressive and people having that tendency and that notion of like, Oh, red's a scary colour. They're, like, more aggressive. They're more, like, on the attack. And part of, like, judging comes down to, not like you said before, not just hits but, like, ring control and aggression Mm. and just the judge's perception. So they found that in this study that you want to – if you're in a fight, guys, and it's, you know, official one and that sort of thing, and you have the choice to wear red or whatever – Wear red. Because okay. The yeah. judges is gonna be on your
1: side. Jeez, I, I think I need to change my wardrobe now. <laughs> okay, red. I don't know, I, I hadn't heard of that study. That's you so should,
0: cool. Uh, yeah, anyone that's into fighting and for MiGs I'm sure, like for the next few fights, see who's wearing red and see if yeah. they win or lose. And, okay. Uh, yeah.
1: That'll be interesting. Oh that's so cool. Nice. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Nice. Um, last thing that I was like found really interesting was that like Tyson Fury, I think he, and you can correct me too, he was like mm-hmm. the heavyweight champion now. And I think he just retired. Like he has had a few fights again, famously against like Jonte Wilder, right? Yeah. That was like the trilogy where he won the first one and then Wilder won the second. Uh. The other way around. And then like Fury, like they had three fights and Tyson Fury won three of them. Anyway, Tyson Fury, if you don't know, he's like a very tall, uh, big guy from from the UK, right? Yeah, yeah. And I love him too. (laughs) Because again, I don't watch Super like lots of fighting, but he's not, doesn't have like the biggest mouth? They call him the Gypsy King because he looks like the type of guy that you go on summer holidays and you got your, like, RV and maybe you, like, park it in the wrong spot and you park it next to this, like, trashy old RV. I'm making lots of stereotypes now. But he would be, like, the type to, like, you run into his camp a little bit and it's, like, he's coming out of his tent to his RV and it's like, hey, what are you doing and tries to, like, fight you. You know, he doesn't look like a boxer typically, which is, like, awesome. Like, very, like, dad bod, sort of Homer Simpson but a bit larger. Mm. (laughs) And... I know, it's like a cool sort of role model to be like, you don't have to be this six-pack, eight-pack dude with all the muscles. Mm. Sure, he has got a lot of muscles still. But, yeah, if you don't know Tyson Fury, just type in a Google image of Tyson Fury Boxing, yeah. and you'll be like, yeah, this guy's the Gypsy King, and he's like, what Tom's saying? He's this guy yeah. that would just be, you know, your random dad that's like at a soccer game, baseball game, or Summer, summer Park that's just like ready to fight someone. That's oh, just yeah. like very impressive. Very yeah. Cool.
1: Um, and the thing about Tyson as well is his fighting style is the complete opposite of what he looks like. Yeah. You know, he moves like a lightweight. He's so fast. His angles are great. Um, Similar to Canelo, right? Just like slipping and dodging all these punches. It's like, wow,
0: you have that agility. You're like a mm-hmm. like a cat, like a cheetah with how fast you can move. and yeah. uh, still. But then being so big has so much power. And it's like if you leave yourself open for one second or you overextend, I can, I can knock you against the ropes.
1: Yeah, at heavyweight, everyone can knock everybody out. For even no, sure. the people who are known for what we call pillow fist, or, you know, don't have a knocker power. You know, you're big enough. You will have that power. For sure. Mm. Damn, nice. Um,
0: yeah, anything else going on in like the MMA fighting world that you're like, King
1: to chat um, like i mentioned yeah so Cambosas jr versus danish should be happening right now or like soon
0: two, almost 2 30 on a sunday it's the 5th of june so
1: yeah so yeah um hopefully cambosis jr wins that fight and retains the belts because again like i mentioned he's the most successful boxer at the moment championship wise from australia is he the favorite in this fight or um i'm not too sure what the betting odds are there was a bit of controversy yesterday though where in the initial weigh-in, he had missed weight. Oh, really? By like just a little bit, like, a couple, like, you know, very minuscule. And then he famously, like, he made weight, but he said, oh, I just went to the back, took a piss, came back and made weight sort yeah. of thing.
0: Lord, like, let's, yeah. like, we can end it on that. What's, like, because what's the usual protocol with, yeah, that often with fighting, if you don't know, like, they have to fight at a similar sort of weight, so it's not too disadvantaged for either fighter. Like, they go in going, like, when that's all the belts and stuff, like, lightweight and featherweight is all, like, corresponded with, you know. 200 pounds or 175 different weights so they try to make it fair but then yeah there's this process of like what happens if you know you go through this three-month training process weighing yourself every day but then trying to cut down or get up and well get up is easier but if you're trying to cut down weight and you miss it what are you allowed to do and like yeah you only have a few hours hmm. you should go and take a big poo or go into a, <laughs> go to the bathroom or something or sit in the steam room like yeah what do you what do
1: you do? Yeah, um, so I guess what I've seen, and this is me, you know, from an outside perspective, in the UFC, you if you miss weight by let's say a little bit, like on if you miss weight, you get an hour to an hour that you weight to sort of try again, cut as much weight as you can, and then weigh in again. Yeah. If you miss weight um, that second time, um, party you can the fight can still go ahead depending on how much you missed. I see. Um, but no matter what, I think it's about twenty percent of your fight purse will go to the opponent. Wow. So, you know, for example, the, the the guy who's his first fight into UFC who's making four grand on his throw money, that's, you know, what? That's a big mistake to make. You don't want to have that happen, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, because um, people, when you sign the contract, you know what weight you're fighting at. Yes. Um, so, you know, there's no excuse. Yeah in my opinion you, do have, been you
0: do have time right like you should have three months and that sort of stuff like, yeah and, yeah you know it's difficult we're health professionals we understand the struggles of weight <laughs> loss and, and exercise and that sort of thing but yeah. they are professional athletes it is their choice to do this
1: yeah Um. so it's famous there's people who famously have been like missing weight uh, most recently last year um, Paula Costa versus Marta Vittori I don't know if you heard about that yeah, or not. Those or, names like
0: ring a bell to me, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah um, so Paula Costa, Mon- uh, they are middleweight, so that's 185 pounds, same division as Israel Adesanya. They had both fought Israel before and had both lost. Wow. Um, so they were fighting each other as like the next contender or after, yeah, basically. And then Paula Costa comes in the week of the fight saying, oh... I'm two hundred and five pounds. I'm not gonna make weight. It's your fault, Marvin. what and then Marvin's like, what are you do- what are you talking about? <laughs> and it's this famous like back and forth interview where you know Paula Costa's like oh just shop for the fight, no excuse. <laughs> you know, shop for the fight sort of thing. Yeah. um and Marvin's like, you- I don't get it. um like yeah, like why can't you make two hundred and eighty five pounds? Sure. um so yeah, like Paula Costa famously didn't make weight. Marvin, to his credit, fought him still, even though it was like a 10, 15 pound like, weight difference on the scales.
0: So, like, the fighter does, you know, they give it, like, they have a couple of opportunities to make weight, and then hmm. they, they, does Dana or someone ask the fighter, like,
1: you know, it's up to you.
0: you yeah. Can, like, you can still find him if you want, or you can make him, we can postpone it, or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They basically get that choice. I think when it gets to a certain amount of, like, weight loss, like, if it's like, 30 pounds or something, like the fight's just off because, mm. like, that's too much of a difference. No one wants to
0: see that. No one wants to see, like, David versus Goliath without the slingshot and the
1: rocks, sort of thing. Right? Yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah, that's a great fight. And you know, Marvin, to his credit, did beat Polo, yeah. which is great. So he got the extra money wow. and he beat Polo as well. Damn. Yeah, love his face
0: in it. Let's go. Oh, for
1: sure. Yeah, it was a great moment. <laughs> and, um,
0: yeah, damn, nice. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's fascinating. Like, I guess, like, it is. I don't know, it's fair and unfair, like, cause yeah, like you said, you should have lots of time to make that weight, but then it's good that they do get a couple of chances to, I don't know, like your body weight not is not going to fluctuate like five, 10 kilos, but can definitely change like one or two kilos, like in a day sort of thing, just off like mm-hmm. sweat and hydration and stuff. So mm-hmm. it is good to give them a chance to, uh, make weight, but then, yeah. And then nice to, give that fighter like the benefit of the doubt or, you know, the incentive like, okay, you can have like a bit of extra earnings because like, you've done the right thing and then mm. it's up to you to fight them if you want or
1: reschedule. And like, yeah, like, sorry uh, to keep going about it, but yeah, weight cutting is actually, it's, it's always a wholly contested topic. Because mm. um, if you think about it logically, if no one cut weight, they'd still be fighting the same people just yes. heavier. Yes. Besides the light heavyweights, they'd be fighting heavyweights. But other than that, everyone would basically be fighting the same people. Yeah. <laughs> so like it's like, why are you even cutting weight to begin with? Yeah. Um, and the weight cut, you know, it, it for people who cut heaps of kilos, who you know, or pounds, I should say, they they cut you know twenty, thirty pounds just to get that size advantage. But that, you know, the, the fact that they're dehydrating themselves by so much, I think, yeah, you know, there is a correlation between a dehydration status and the increased risk of getting a concussion. Definitely. Because, of course, you know, your, your spinal fluid and, and stuff is depleted. Um, and the UFC actually, a couple of years ago, they banned IV hydration. Oh. So, yeah, before that, a lot of people would be cutting, you know, 30, 40 pounds easy. Jeez. Um, you know, and then next day they balloon up for the five, just like <laughs> looking like six, like, you know, looking like a light heavyweight, just through IVs. Wow. Um, but since they banned it, you know, people have had to really shift their, you know, shifts to their natural weight. Yeah. Um the previous actual middleweight champion, Robert Whitaker, I don't know if yeah, that name rings yeah, a bell. Definitely. So he actually started in the UFC as a welterweight and then just because he wanted that size advantage, I think, and, you know, it was a bit hard for him. He was losing, and then he moved to middleweight, which is his more natural weight class. So is welterweight the
0: one above middleweight? Uh, or like below,
1: sorry, I should below. say that. So, yeah, uh, welterweight's 170, middleweight's 185. So when Rob decided, oh, I'm going to move to my natural weight cut. you know, suddenly he's a champion now, and he's beating wow. everyone. Well, that, uh, I guess
0: that comes into, too, I was going to say that, like, if you're having to do something special and changing up your routine for, like, one month, two months to, like, really make weight, but then you're used to training and eating, eating and, like, uh, hydrating a certain way, that's going to have an impact. Like you said, that, like, you know, you're putting yourself more at risk of, like, you know, it's almost like you're taking the car, your fuel, like, down to empty sort of thing rather than keeping it up quite full. And, hmm. yeah, doing something different to your habits and stuff is going to throw you out of rhythm, rhythm, out of whack sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's actually a fighter at the moment fighting Paddy the Batty Pimplet. I don't know if that is name he, rings is a bell. He the,
0: like ginger guy. Yeah.
1: Oh, not ginger. He's like uh, he's blonde and he's got like that the, bowl oh, cut oh, haircut. Yeah,
0: yes, so with like d- like kind of dreads too. Oh, like not dreads. Stage. Oh, no, I know no, who like, you're talking oh, about. Like the
1: braids. I think you're talking about Sean O'Malley. Oh, yes, I am
0: Sean. O'Malley. Yeah. Yes,
1: um. So, <laughs> so Paddy the Paddy the Batty. He's a uh, he's a scouser yes. from Liverpool. Oh, okay. Um. He's got. Uh, if you were to like see a bit uh, see a photo of him, Tom. He's got like just the bowl cut blonde, um, haircut. Literally like. You know, he's a you know middle. He's twenty of oh, twenty middle twenties guy. Yeah. Should have a proper haircut. Um, he's really known for ballooning it ballooning up between flights because he loves his junk food. Um, and the funny thing is, all the weight goes to his face. <laughs> so, like, his, his stomach is still actually quite flat, but his face is, like, double the size. Does, when he, you... have a,
0: does he have a good chin, then? Does it go to the chin? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it goes to the cheeks, actually. Like, And then it's funny, because when you see him weight cut, like, how hollow he looks. Oh, wow. um, so even, like, with Conor McGregor, for example, if you see some of his previous weigh-ins at 145, mm-hmm. Um, he's like he's like a ghost or a a skeleton. Yeah, yeah, and it's scary. Actually, (laughs) he looks quite menacing and quite spooky.
0: Yeah, I've seen on previous interviews like the press conferences for some of Conor McGregor's like in yeah in his earlier fights he was like at the lower or lighter levels, but then he Mm -hmm. was like really giving some famous interviews. Like now I'm like able to eat what I want. I'm eating steak for dinner every (laughs) night, sort of thing. And now I can just I don't have to worry about weight. I'm just. Um, funny enough they like those are the ones
1: where he more lost sort of what he, <laughs> yeah.
0: What he wanted <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: yeah anyway yeah so there's that thing where it's like oh well was he that good bec- at that weight because he was so much bigger than everybody and yeah. he was fighting so many weights down and yeah. then when he fought people his actual weight size his power didn't actually mean that much yeah like the Nate Diaz fights very you know famously yeah yeah, he got destroyed in a couple of days, didn't he? Oh, yeah. The first Nate Diaz fight, you know, Nate Diaz at that point, he was sort of towards the end of his UFC, not the end of his UFC career, but he wasn't as prominent as he was. For sure. Um, still a great trash talker as well. Yeah, um, those up with like throwing water bottles at each other. Yeah, as, like, like touch butt in the park literally. and stuff like that. <laughs> um, you it know, great one-liners. Yeah, they
0: hated each other, like proper hated, like it was not put on.
1: Yeah, and like at that point, I think Connor was sort of at the peak of his popularity. Mm-hmm. You know, he had just got the, light, uh, the featherweight title from Jose Aldo, was yeah. riding the wave. Oh no, he had just gotten the lightweight title I think from Eddie Alvarez so that's the next um, weight up yes oh I'm not too sure actually I'm I'm mixing my timelines but anyway um, sounds familiar though yeah so yeah so he batters Nate the first round like everyone knows and famously Nate taps him out the second round yeah
0: yeah yeah he was so Chocked the world, yeah, bloodied up, and mm. oh, he was yeah a shell in the ring after that fight. That was crazy. Yeah.
1: And to be fair, he event like Connor did event for loss in the rematch. Yeah, but it was you know a five round war, so yeah. it wasn't as it wasn't as dominant as what we're used to him seeing for sure. And it's I
0: don't know, it's good to improve yourself in the rematch, but it doesn't like people don't forget how yeah beaten down you were in the first
1: one. Yeah, and he's and ever since then, I think he's lost. All of his UFC, all of his UFC fights, he lost to Mayweather as well. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. like yeah, what yeah. happened? I guess exposed. <laughs> yeah. Same with Ronda Rousey. Maybe Ronda went through that tear in the, in the women's dance weight division. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, he got knocked down in Australia. Actually, yeah. that's where it happened against Holly Holm. That fa- that was the famous kick
0: one, like behind the head kick. Right? Yeah.
1: Um, like in that fight, it was like immediately it was you could tell that Holly was just on a different level. Yeah. And then yeah, that the kick. famous. You know, you know, slipped thr- slipped behind the back and then head kicked her as Rhonda was like turning around. Oh, I wish I was at the fight live because it was in Cindy.
0: Oh, jeez. yeah, yeah, beautiful timing on those like some of those moves, like with the whole high master one, like you just catch someone off guard and just like mm. take your opportunity.
1: Damn, it looks so good. Yeah, it's definitely one for the highlight reel <laughs> for sure.
0: <laughs> um, apart from that, we might leave it there. Mm. Um, it's been good. If I had it chop uh good chat about lots of different like mma fighting boxing uh where migs like started his own career with martial arts and stuff how he got into it mm-hmm. um it was great to hear great to have you on man i really appreciate your time and uh it was really interesting hope you guys liked it as well i'm sure this won't be the last time i have mix on but um it was great to have great to uh, learn lots of different things and reminisce on some good fights as well so yeah mix i appreciate you having having you here um Hope this isn't too trippy for you listening to it back in the car sometime oh, nah. when i put it out so oh, that's true hey
1: will i listen, will I listen to this episode <laughs> uh, is the question hey who and knows you, you won't like the the sound of your own voice type of thing maybe um no bro thanks for having me tom honestly i know it was a bit out of the blue when i just you know dm'd you and ah. then it suddenly, suddenly came you invited me over to your house appreciate it nah, anytime man um, had yeah. like a nice
0: lunch at frango's before this like yeah. I know this is such a goat food. So yeah. yeah. Anyone else wanting to do this sort of thing? I'm I'm very open to it. I uh, yeah appreciate meeks for doing it, and um, this won't be the last time. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Cheers, Tom. Alrighty, we're gonna end the episode here. Um, a huge thank you to Miguel again. Um, great to meet up with him beforehand and have some lunch and uh, catch up on everything that's been going on and. Um, he was an awesome guest, like that conversation flowed so well, um, yeah, hopefully hopefully it flowed well for you guys, and the audio was good, uh, yeah, great to chat with him, and learnt a lot, and uh, I found that really interesting, so hopefully you guys did as well, um, yeah, very happy for uh, people to come on and be a guest, and have a chat with uh, whatever sport, or even just some some life stuff if they want, um, but yeah, very, very impromptu, but that went uh, so well. So yeah, really happy with that. So yeah, we'll we'll end it here. Uh, Yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, Wherever you are right now, whatever time it is for you, hope you're having a great day. Uh, Take care. I'll be back on Wednesday, maybe Wednesday, maybe not Wednesday this week. I think probably Thursday. Wednesday, I got a huge day of marking the prac exams from like 8 till 6pm. And then I'll probably go, we're already booked in with a couple of friends to go and watch the State of Origin, the NRL that's happening, uh, New South Wales versus Queensland on Wednesday. So maybe not Wednesday. I usually do Wednesday and Sunday, as you know. And But I think the next one will be on Thursday. So yeah, if anyone uh, wants to come in and be a guest uh, guest uh, on, the, on the podcast, Tom's Takes, um, just hit me up on Instagram, Tom Patterson 97, or send me a Facebook DM. Um, we'll get back to you. And uh, yeah, I would love to have you on. Um, apart from that though, thanks for listening again. Appreciate all of you, um, all around the world at this stage. That's crazy to me still. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much. We'll leave it there. Bye.